G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Breakevens brought to you by Blue Wealth Property. They make investing in property easy for you. If you'd like to reach out to Tony and the team, Blue Wealth Property uh, on Facebook, Instagram. I think they're on TikTok too, getting into their work there. So you'll be able to find Blue Wealth Property wherever you look. Uh, I think Tony's over in America at the moment. He'll be back soon and joining us on the panel for a very, very exciting announcement. We've also got Bloke in a bar once again on board. We're of course in Bloke Studios for another year. So shout out to Kempy doing great things and on the 1st of February uh, he's got a 50 hour sale with 50% off so make sure you're there on the 1st of Feb one guy I know will be there wouldn't shout on a roller coaster so he'll be there for half price Timmy Williams welcome mate Mate, I love a good sale. And uh, to be honest, it's probably the, the least I can do for Kempy after drinking his beers every time we do these podcasts for the last 12 months. So uh, I'd better jump on there and get some merch because 50% off, not bloody bad at all. He's definitely in my top three favourite Brisbane wingers of all time. There's no <laughs> doubt about it whatsoever. I think David Stagg might have played a game on the wing. snuck so, in there. So, so yeah. bump him before if he did. Uh, yeah, guys, so make sure you go grab a case of bloke in a bar and Feb 1st, 50% off sale for 50 hours. Uh, now, yesterday we went through Tim Williams' team and, mate, the amount of messages I got about your outrageous fucking pigs. <laughs> it was crazy. People are in disarray. Like, they're, they're not surprised why you finished so low last year. It's it's chaos. We've got my team today, which, uh, as per, a little bit roguer than usual. And, uh, mate, I'm handing you the keys today. You're going to take over. I'm yeah. shitting myself. What are all these messages saying? They can't believe they didn't think of this bloke and this bloke. And why didn't we have Ruben Cotter? Why did we even think about starting without Harry Grant? That's all good, mate. We'll get into your absolute rabble of a team today. And, yeah, I've, I've been handed the keys to the hosting today. So... Um, I'd say I'm nervous. I'm nervous, but uh, that's a lie. I'm ready to just rip and tear. And I will say I will fall on my sword here. I don't have him in my team at the moment, but I think you've convinced me on Reuben Cotter yesterday. Mate, by the time we're done with this episode, <laughs> your team will be torn to shreds because you follow everything I do anyway, and then you act as if they're your own decisions. So, anyway. Remember when I convinced you to go um, Caelan Ponga last year? <laughs> oh, that worked out well for you. How good. All right, I'm hot seating. Where are we starting? Are we starting at hooker or fullback? Where do you want to kick off? We're starting the back, mate, where yep. you like it. Um, who, who, pretty popular positions here. Who have you gone with at number one? Uh, I won't waste too much time here. I've gone the same as you, mate. I've gone for Teddy and Turbo. Turbo, uh, will, as we said yesterday, we'll see come round one if he is named and whatnot. But I think this is how I will run Teddy and Turbo. I have got enough money in the bank to be able to go up if I want. Uh, but I think Teddy and Turbo is the way for me at the moment. I'll throw one at you and say, well, we'll get into our positional analysis in the next uh, couple of weeks throughout the preseason. But Tommy Turbo, as we said, that's speculative of being picked in round one, depending how that hammy's going. Do you consider just going an all-out attack at fullback with James Tedesco and Latrell Mitchell? The thing with Latrell is, mate, we got burnt bad by him last year because of the run the Bunnies had when he came back after, I think it was just after Origin 3, we avoided for that reason, and it did not matter. He killed them anyway. People are going to avoid, for two reasons, to start the season. Big price tag, and the Bunnies' draw to start the year is the worst in the NRL, the first five rounds. Do you just go with him? Uh, potentially, and I could make a heap of arguments why not to go in. And yeah. I was proven wrong week in, week fucking out exactly. last year. Uh, if I was to go a different fullback other than Turbo, mate, the one that has caught my eye is Scotty Drinkwater. That's probably the direction I'd be going as a little pod player. I love their uh, opening draw. They play uh, Raiders in Townsville, game one. Uh, Brisbane at Suncorp, game two. They play the Warriors up at 
Townsville. Game three, game four is the Titans in Townsville. And then for the first time in round five, they leave uh, Queensland to play the Bulldogs. And then round six, they welcome the Dolphins back to uh, the, the Dolphins to North Queensland. And then they play the Warriors. So I really like mm. the draw of the North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, and there's a Cowboy that we'll talk about very soon that I am locked and loaded into my team that I love to start this season. But Scotty Drinkwater is another one that I would seriously consider. So Scotty Drinkwater, the I suppose the slightest I'd have with him is that Cowboys had an unbelievable year last year. Scotty was big. He averaged 71 points. So it was obviously based off that, his price. I suppose end of the season, and it doesn't matter if the end of the season because you're targeting that easy run early. Does he average over or under 71? I think he'll go well and surely over 70. For the season? Not for the season, sorry, for, for that starting run. Right. For the season, I'm not too sure. But as you said, I don't, I don't give a fuck about the season. And then after that first five, six, seven rounds, could be that perfect little, hopefully, in your eyes, a downgrade to Latrell. Yeah, or a downgrade to Turbo. True. Yes. Which would sort of be my play, I think. I think I would go with Drinky. And as we said yesterday, you've got until round, I think the end of the start of round five to look at Turbo. That's if he comes back and plays round three, round four. So then I could consider a downgrade there. But I, I think Drinky start. I think the Cowboys start very well. And I think Drinky starts well. Let's get into your centre wings. And before we get to your absolute massacre of uh, the rest of your back line, um, your Cowboy. Val Holmes, you mm. touched on him. And I assume that would be off the back of the draw as well. Same reason as a little bit of interest in Scotty Drink. Love Val Holmes this year. Absolutely love him. He's obviously lost jewel. He's only CTW. I think that will push a few people off him, as will the price. Uh, but I just think he is going to have a huge start in the season. As I said, I love the Cowboys. Uh, the, their start, I think he obviously been the goal kicker. Uh, their strike outside back, I am very, very big on Val Holmes. And I'm actually... It's a bit of a bold strategy, which you'll obviously point out in a minute, but I'm starting with a little bit more strike in my CTWs than what I usually would. Pending cheapies, obviously, things can change, as we know. But at the moment, I really like the strike of Val Holmes, having him there. Um, yeah, it's a risk I'm willing to take. It's funny. Uh, about two weeks ago, we sort of started getting into our probably more formal Supercoach chat for the season. Team mm. Picker came out. We got a bit excited and... You were talking through your first sort of draft of your side and you had a lot of cheapy CT dubs in there and I gave my reasons why that's a little bit risky and, and why that could change. And I'm looking at your team now and all of a sudden you've got three guns in there. As we said off the top of the show, it's great when you can write your own narrative in the hot seat. It's <laughs> unreal and I miss it desperately. Uh, but yeah, look, there was... To be fair, I think these three, I've got two Penrith Panthers, which you'll touch on in a minute. I've been, I'm pretty sold on them and have been for a while. The rest will be all cheapies and placeholders uh, unless more pop up. But I, I really like Val Holmes and my two Panthers at the moment. Yeah, so your first Panther you touched on there, uh, Jamin Salmon, mate. Bold, <laughs> <laughs> bold pick. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what does Ricky call him? Oh, Weak gutted something. Weak gutted dog. <laughs> uh, mate, probably not much better than uh, Jamin Salmon to start the year at his price, but Isaac Tungo, mm. an interesting choice at, what is he, 627K. What's your logic there? My logic here is that I've watched this guy come through the grades. I spoke about him very highly last year. He was very impressive. There's no doubt about it. I still don't think you've seen anywhere near his best. I think that, you know, we spoke about all last year, the role that Viliami Kikau played, where he was essentially, you know, going on the, on the outside of um, Isaac Tungo run, 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 running that overs line for him. And I think that changes a little bit this year. I think Isaac became 
the best decoy in rugby league on the best edge, which is great to be there. But on all their attacking plays, he was hardly ever touching the fucking ball. Mm. He, he, he was doing the hard work and not getting any points for it. I think this year with Luke Garner coming in, uh, we spoke about it yesterday, I think his strongest asset is his line running. So I, I just think you'll see a lot more of a um, traditional left edge from the Penrith Panthers. I like their draw early. Um, I mean, that it's, it's hard for the Panthers to have a bad draw realistically. Uh, but I love Isaac Tungo this year. You have a look, I think he scored 11 tries last season. Um, he had 12 taken off him, though, which obviously I had him oh. in draft, so I watched him very fucking closely. Cost me about eight first try scorers, but we'll save that for another day. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I think he can score a heap more tries this year. I think his base is sensational. Love his base. I think he, I think when he's playing that role, uh, and you can see him just getting a little bit more ball, I think he can push his base into the sort of 40-point range, yeah. the way that he plays. The other thing I love... Taylor May is going to be out for the first two weeks. You would assume, or I'm assuming, Brian Toto probably jumps onto that edge. I'm also going to be starting with him. He's my other Panther. So I'm looking to stack that left edge. Um, they play the Broncos round one at Penrith. I, I, I think Penrith are in for a huge year. And I think that losing kickout is going to hurt. But I think oh, it after just... After the, the poor last couple of years. <laughs> last two, yeah. But I think going for the three in a row, you know, Stephen Critters announced he's not going to be there. And I think that now you take Appy out. I think it puts a big emphasis on Nathan Cleary and Jerome Lua. I'm really expecting them to go to another level. And I think that left edge, I think it just simplifies everything they do. And I think you'll start to see Isaac Tungo, the skill set he's got, which you saw, you saw it in bits and pieces last mm. year. But I think for the most part, his ceiling was wasted in that team last season. Mm. A few things to unpick there because it's definitely almost the most intriguing pick of your side. Um, the first one that you've mentioned a few times, you mentioned it uh, last podcast and you've just mentioned it again, it, it's chasing those combinations and how your initial thought is to go for them and go, all right, if one scores, the other one scores. Mm. What if one goes shit and the other one goes shit? It can be... Oh, potentially, yeah. It's a, sure. it's a like It's a bit of a high... It's a high-risk, high-reward play. If I was picking the Titans' left edge, it would be. I don't well, think in the Penrith side. Well, mate, is. that's what brings me to it because mm. and we'll get to them later, but... You said that you love Tana Boyd now that Dave Fafita's with him. And you said, oh, you've got one, why not have the other? That is the Titans. Yeah, but that's not an edge. That's a half and their best player yeah. on the field. And Tana Boyd's also 300k. Yeah. Okay, so on Can the, we compare some apples yeah. and apples, please, for fuck's sake? What is going on here? But you love a combination. Oh, I, I do like a combination, yeah. 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 And I mean, look, I would still have these two, even if Brian Toto was starting on the right. I, I, think, he's a, I think he's a guy that nearly everyone should have. And I just think Isaac Tungo is in for a massive season off the back of the role that he played last year and how it changes and how I see the Penrith Panthers changing how they play. I think he will get a stack of ball there and I'm very confident a 60-point average turns into at absolute minimum 65, but I think it'll be higher than 70. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you. I, I see the argument. I'm not keen on Tungo. I want to see how that left edge at Penrith plays out. And mm. we, we touched on a little bit in uh, yesterday's podcast, but the left edge with one player difference changes completely. I get what you're saying. You've got hard running Luke Garner running that line, which should, in theory, create the space out wide for Isaac Tungo. Mm. At the same time, no Api Corusau, no Viliami Kikau. Does the right edge of Nathan Cleary and Brian Toto start, or Toto once he's back to his right, if he doesn't start there, does that start to see more ball? Does that worry you? And... I think you're right in that the style of having a hard-running gun as opposed to Kikau, who just did everything, it could suit Tungo. And 
Tungo, as you said, used to run that that hard unders line, and kick out would sweep out the back, and they just hit kick out. Mm. So he might get earlier ball, but there are a lot of uncertainties around there. Oh, for sure. But that's that's how I play super coach. I, I back <laughs> what I think is going to happen. It worked out for me last yeah. year, so I'm going to go at it again. I'm not. I'm not going to. And this is why you know this is why when I started this show, I brought you on. You're the expert here. But I, I like to go a little bit different. It's worked for me so far since I've been sitting in this chair. Uh, I'm going to back my gut in here. Uh, I think that the Isaac Tungo we saw last year, as I've said a few times, and you know, preseason last year I spoke about him for six fucking months. He has got so much attacking upside that we haven't even seen yet. People don't understand how good this guy is yet. And that might sound crazy, but people don't. Mm. All good, mate. Do you do you? I'll no, do mate, mate, I will. Don't worry. And we'll, uh, we'll see you change your mind come round one. A lot of time. <laughs> so, uh, the rest of your CT dub is cheapy placeholders. We, again, we touched on yesterday, but uh, very subject to change. But you've got Skelton, Howarth, Khan Pereira and Tavare. Yeah, uh, Skelton, I think that that Bulldog side, it's going to be interesting now. There are rumours that uh, Perham could play fullback, which mm. would move Jake Avrillo to the centres, which means you've still got Braden Burns. So I'm hoping we get a Bulldog centre. I've got Skelton there. You had Alamotti. I'm happy to go either way, yeah. depending on whoever gets named there. I just really hope one of them gets named there. Um, Tafade, I'm very high on. Whether he starts round one or not, we'll have to wait and see. Branko's already injured at the moment. He's done another calf, so... Hopefully he can get an opportunity. But there are a couple of outside backs up there at the Dolphins. It looks like you and Aitken won't be in the back row. So whether they bench him or have him in the centres, there's a lot of things He'll still in his He'll play centre. He has to. I'm not, I'm not convinced he will. I'm really not. Uh, I just you, you need to have good punch off your bench in this competition. He's also nearly... Yeah, I, I, I think guess. he wants to play back row too. So what he comes on at lock? Yeah, I think so. It's weird. It's weird. No, weird side. And I don't. I wouldn't mind it if they had good outside backs, but they don't. They don't. So it's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, Tafari needs a few things to fall his way to get in. Um, Carm Piera, he's one that I'm very excited about. I mentioned him a little bit throughout last year. Lightning quick. Um, the rumours are that he will get a spot on the wing. We'll wait and see with the Gold Coast Titans. I think he's the only one that hasn't been announced to have a position in the team as it stands right now. Uh, but rumours are that he will be there. So he's another one, placeholder if he gets in. Mm. Keen. Jack Howarth, uh, we spoke about him yesterday. Uh, I think there's a few Melbourne Storm boys that could end up in my side, our sides. Uh, once again, we'll wait for trials and see. But I just think Howarth, I think it was pretty evident when he played that trial last year, as high as we all were on him. I think it showed last year that he probably wasn't ready for the physicality of first grade. I think it was pretty evident what the Melbourne Storm did last year. They kept him in reserve grade all year. I think with Howarth and some of these young guys, you've got to remember, Timmy, that because of COVID, they missed out on their opportunities to play footy against grown men. Yeah, They went from high school to all of a sudden getting five-year contracts in the Melbourne Storm in his situation. So I do think they will ease him in. He might be a slow burn, but he is incredibly talented. Um, so, yeah, there's... There's a lot of other CTWs which we'll talk about when we get to their positions, uh, but those are the guys I've got shoved in there at the moment. There's a lot of CT dubs. It's a, it's always such a fascinating position because it is high risk, high reward. Yep. And I think on the early, what I'm sort of seeing in my side, your side, speaking to a few others the last couple of days, people are trying to work out that, not necessarily a premium centre wing, but that five to 600K bloke just to solidify what is such a volatile position. And there's a million different options. So I'm really looking forward to that positional breakdown that we do uh, in coming weeks. On to your 5'8", and we've both got Josh Schuster, obviously. I don't think we need to elaborate on that one no. too much. 
Matty Burton, you've got it 5'8". We, we spoke yesterday and I've got Adam Dwayne at the moment. Um, I was a bit on the fence with it, but you've gone in the direction of Burton. How locked in would you say he's in your position and uh, New York Doggies? It, look, he's reasonably locked in because I, I'm not seeing any other value anywhere else. Mm. We spoke yesterday, your Bud Sullivans of the world, these sort of guys, I can't trust them. One to score points, two to be in the Dragons team. Uh, so Matt Burton... I don't love the pick, and I'm not super confident that Canterbury side is going to be the, the, the juggernaut we're all anticipating they will be. But I just think that if they can improve at all, he's the goal kicker, he's got the strike edge. Uh, I, I just think that Burton could be a handy one. I'm far from locked in to him, but I'm not seeing anyone that I like any more than him without going to your Munsters and your Dill Browns, which I ideally don't want to do. I can't wait to that left edge at the Bulldogs. Yep. It's like... After years in the darkness, poor old Bulldogs fans, I think the light at the end of the tunnel is just this left edge yep. that has come together. And for Matty Burton, who has one of the best show and goes in the game, and you give him an ounce of space, he's so big and strong that they just don't stop him near the line. He's now got Viliami kick out running outside of him. So if a hesitant little half holds off him just half an inch because they want to get in front of Viliami kick out, He's just going to go, whack, thanks for coming, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, and I think even if the ball gets past kick out, you've got Josh Adokar who has a sixth sense for where Matt Burton's going to be. Yeah. They just find each other. So I think Matt Burton is the best option there at the moment. Uh, as I said, I'm not glued to him, but I just can't see anyone else jumping out at me. And I have got, I have got about 400K in the bank, so I could go to a Munster if I wanted to, but I think there's other spots I'd rather upgrade. Mm. Yeah, I mean, dare I say it, I... And I don't think I've ever taken any of your advice on board when it comes to Supercoach, but you might be swaying me towards Matty Burton with this chat, mate. Yeah, I, I just... Uh, Dwayne's a good player, but I, I just... Uh, I don't know, especially now that we know he's not going to... Well, it sounds like he's not going to have an Isaiah Papaliti on his edge too. Mm. I, I just... I, I can't do it with Dwayne. Mm. Matty Burton. And sometimes you can overthink Supercoach and look at the team they're playing in, the draw coming up, all those things... Every super coach on the planet has been burned by it in the past and will be burned again as soon as round one. Sometimes you just have to look at the class and Matty Burton, he's a star. Yeah, I, I love everything about Burton. I love watching him play too. If I have to sit and watch the Tigers for the first four or five weeks, I'm going to be pulling my fucking hair out, I think. so. Early season draw of Manly, out in Manly, into the Storm, Tigers, Warriors, Cowboys, Bunnies. So tough enough, but there's some decent opportunities in there. Tigers yep. Warriors for two. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, for all we know, they could be the real deal. We'll wait and see. Yeah, if they come and hit their straps and fire early, well, he could average 90, couldn't he? Yeah. And I mean, I also, like, I just, I, and, you know, if Pappy isn't fit for round one and Munster all of a sudden finds himself in a fullback jersey, conversation might change. Mm. Parramatta, with all their changes, I'm a little bit hesitant on Dill Brown coming off the high that they did. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I I think it's very likely I start with Berta. Yeah. Uh, on to your half back slot and Nathan Cleary and Nico Hines. It'll be enormously owned. My question here is anti-pod opportunities. We, we speak about pod, pods over and over again the, on this. Uh, point of difference players. I love an anti-pod. Mm. Um, where are the masses going? Let's go against that because there's such opportunity in it. Is there... Could you see yourself not starting with Cleary or Hines or is there merit in the decision or is it just lock them in? 
I think it's locked them in. I understand where you're coming from, but I think these two are just simply too good um, that you're, <laughs> if your antipod does very well and these two do average, mm. they probably square up. And I just, I can't, I can't take the risk of Nathan Cleary or Nico Hines and Nico Hines playing good football. It's too much of a risk for me. Penrith start the year with Broncos, Bunnies, by. Eels, Raiders and Manly. It's a quite a difficult start to the year and that buy in between makes it even more awkward. If that was the Sharks draw, and the Sharks have a relatively tough draw too, I could consider antipodding Nico early on at 900k, but Cleary, Cleary's a different beast. He didn't mm. have as much as Nico last year. Nico got the Dally M, but Cleary, you have to own, don't you? I think so, and this is this is going to be the big challenge of my team. If I'm running with Isaac Tungo and Brian Toto, that buy in round three, mm. I'm going to have to really back them to do well in round one and two. Yeah, which is what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah, Sharky start with bunnies and eels, so tough first round into the Raiders, no chance there. Uh, but then it goes Dragons, Warriors, buy of their own. So tough first few, but then not too too bad. But I'm really. to be honest with you, with Nico Hines, I'm not. They're going to score points at some point in those games. You know who they're going to come from. And if not, he's going to find a way to score 50 or 60 points. He just does. And and if he starts and goes 40-40, you know there's a 180 coming after it and then it'll it'll balance out to 80, 90 average, whatever it is. Uh, Mate, moving on to the back row. And you've gone with the bloke we touched on earlier, Big Fifi. Yeah, I just think, you know, he looked so average last year to me. And his points were still great. Um, they've got Foz there. They've got Sammy Verrills. They've put Tanner Boyd there, which I, I'm not sure if it's the right decision, but I can see it being the right mm. decision. I think it's got potential to be the right decision. Uh, so I'm more than happy to take a punt on for feeder. I said it to you yesterday. He's an eight-foot, 130-kilo insurance policy. I just don't want to risk not yeah. having him. Mm. I've, uh, I've mentioned this story before, but I remember it was about two years ago now watching Dave Fafita as a non-owner when a lot of people jumped on him and I, I held off for a week. It might have been a high break even or something. And he scored, was it three tries in that one half against the Bunnies? There's nothing worse than a Sunday afternoon hiding behind the lounge watching Fafita yeah. put on a fucking yeah. show with four touches of the football. Like, even it if kills you, you. Even if you have just 40, I just don't want to put myself through that again. I'd, I'd prefer it than to be a Just pay up and yeah. deal with it. Yeah. Uh, mate, Luke Garner, one we, we spoke about on yesterday's podcast, looks a pretty popular pick on the left edge for Penrith. Question there, is he locked into that role or do we see Hosking, is he is he competing for it or is it Luke Garner? Oh, I, I think he's competing for it, but if I if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say 90% Garner. And that might be unders, realistically. Oh, I think Garner's just about got it locked up. Uh, can't rule out Hoskins. There's obviously trials and everything. Plenty of water to go under the bridge. The interesting thing about Penrith is that their trials, it's a World Club challenge. So I think you'll have a really good idea what this Penrith side is going to look like. Great shout. Very yeah. early. Yeah. Um, but it'll, it'll, it'll nearly be barring any niggles. It'll be 1-17. to 17, I, I think it just about will be 1-17. to 17. I think they're playing it out there at Penrith. It'll mean a lot for the community. I, I think the Penrith boys... We'll go all They in. will. They yeah. absolutely will. Great call. I uh, wish there were other teams with big games like that where you knew they were locking in a 17 because Penrith's front line is where we pretty well know it's going to be. Anyway. I think it's think the other team, because obviously in the trials, the, the, there's two weeks of trials. Mm. Penrith played the World Club Challenge in one of them. The other week of trials, obviously one team doesn't have a game. So I think that team, is it St. Helens that won the Super League? Yeah. I think. So do you know who they're playing in the other game? Speaking of teams, it's good to see their full side. Para. Dragons. Fucking dragons. Good God. Saints versus the Saints. Yeah. But, like, wouldn't you rather just see any other relevant team 
play a team from England, probably put out their full squad and have a real crack. St. Instead Helens, we get St. Hooked. Helens will beat them by 50 and the Poms will be crowing that they're Super League strong in the end. I'll be like, oh, you chose the Dragons. Like, yeah. Come on. And we'll still have no idea what the Dragons look like <laughs> in round two when their season starts. Nightmare. Uh, mate, uh, yeah, four, four chiefy placeholders for now. Hopgood, Stone, Mooney and Bloor. We touched on Mooney yesterday, sorry, Mooney, Bloor yesterday around the John Bateman chat. You mentioned that you had a bit of mail that maybe Bateman will play lock. Yep. What does this do for Bloor's credentials? I think it'll lock him into that right edge for the West Tigers if that comes through. If not, it's a very different conversation with Bloor and he might be one of the most unlucky guys to play first grade, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, if Bateman does land in the 13 jersey, Bloor will be on the right edge outside Dwayne, uh, which to be honest with you, I, I don't love my back rowers outside Dwayne. Mm. He's run or throw a 15 metre cutout. Uh, so I'm, I still think Bloor at 234K. We know the upside he's got. Um, I'm more than happy to give him a run and hopefully he gets through injury free. The big watch will be with, with the forward cheapies, like, we know the backline Chiefs will play 80 minutes, but they could score four tries and get 140, or they could have three runs and score seven points. Those, the forward Chiefs are so pivotal to the early scoring and team structure. Yep. Because if we get starting forwards like Sean Bloor, irrelevant of, you know, who he's outside of, like, he'll get his base stats and he should churn out, you know, minimum 35 to 40 at worst. Could get through a stack of work and, and have 60 in base we don't know but so so important for the team but if we don't we're relying on ct dub cheapies to you know even knock out that 30 or 40 for us and if we don't get any decent forward cheapies it sort of makes you go i mean we're gonna have to spend up for them in ct dub but do you do you bring in higher like more mid-range ct dubs that you know will score a bit better it's it's a fascinating part of the preseason and part I love about it and love watching the trials. Mate, your front row four position. Um, <laughs> Mate, this is where I look at my um, two RF cheapies and compared mm. to my front row four cheapies, they don't worry me in the fucking slightest. Big, yes. It's going to be tough. Yeah, mate, your front row four position, very different to mine. We'll start We'll start with the big boy. DSAF, Dan Saifidi, 484k. A uh, bit of hype around him around preseason. We know what he's done in the past. Mm. What's been hard to peg down with Saifidi is just minutes and roll. And O'Brien seems to throw him all over the shop. What do you like about him? Yeah, look, I, I'll be honest with you. After yesterday with you talking Ruben Cotter, I'm leaning towards upgrading Saifidi to Cotter. Uh, but Saifidi, I still think at 480k, Yes, there's been an issue for a number of years working out his minutes and output and everything to do with Daniel Saifedi looks so good and then it can be disappointing at times. I just think with Clemmer leaving, um, I just think there, there has to be more minutes there for this guy. And it's, you know, as far as his forward pack goes, it's his fucking pack now. He's the alpha in this side. If Newcastle are to be a half-decent side, are to, you know, ha have a crack at trying to play finals footy, he needs to play big minutes and have a big impact. Whether he does or not, I don't know. But he's a guy that I think is a little bit undervalued there. Uh, and as I said, mate, front row forward is such a fucking basket case. I don't think there's any guns that interest me. There's no one I feel safe about. And I don't feel safe about Saifidi, but he is he is a guy that I'm willing to take a punt on. Well, I don't... There's there's a very good super coach play in Saifidi when the minutes are there. Yeah. So last season, average... I mean... I say that. He averaged 52 minutes last season for 46 points. The year prior, 54 minutes for 59 points. And the year before that, 48 minutes for 63 points. So 
essentially what I've just said about he's good when the minutes are there just fell flat in the head because he actually has a better PPM, a lot better PPM when he plays fewer minutes. So maybe it's more about form for Saifidi than getting those minutes. But, but I also think that Saifidi over his career or over the last few years, he's never been the alpha in this Newcastle mm. pack. It's always been Clem. Last year, Clem, I think he averaged 62 minutes here. Um, for, for me, and it's not like a super coach thing, but it, it's, it's a footy thing. When you're handed the keys to a forward pack and you're the alpha in that side, you need to fucking step up. So that, that's what I'm banking on with Saifidi. As I said, I do love the Cotter shout. Got the money to do it. And I'm probably leaning towards that at the moment. But Saifidi is probably my favourite of the guys that's in that four or 500k range. Yeah, and it's a, it's a low-key really important part of round one is finding these four to, four to five 50k price mid-range front rowers that they're not going to make or break the start of the season, but there is going to be a handful there who have better roles or start the season well and they get to 600k, even if they don't hold that for the rest of the season and they become your ticket to the fallen Joe Tappany or Payne Haas, yeah. whoever it might be. So, And look, Saifidi fits the billing for that. He could be... I don't mind the play again. Let's see how he goes in the preseason trials. Uh, now, mate, a couple that I didn't have. Sean Kepi and Big Davey Moali. Yeah, uh, Moali... I don't know what his minutes are going to look like. I'm not sure if his role changes that much from last year, but I just think South Sydney are easing him in year on year. Um, you know, for people that didn't watch him coming through the grades, I, I think eventually he's going to be a very good um, super coach player. He's got a lot of tackle breaks in him, nice mm. little offload. Uh, so whether this is the year or not, I'm not convinced. If, if you said to me you're not starting with Moali, I wouldn't push back on you at all. Uh, but at 234k, he's one that I'm looking at. We'll get an idea of the makeup of South Sydney's side. We'll get to see them in trials. They'll play the Charity Shield, obviously, so we'll get to see, hopefully, close to their full side there. Uh, but, yeah, Mawali, I could happily exchange him for other options in the front row, but he's the one I'm leaning towards at the moment. Kepi, 274k, a little bit more expensive, still pretty cheap. I just think Manly, uh, me and Maddie went through their, uh, their best 17 the other day. Forwards are very weak. Front row is very mm. weak. Um, I think that it'll be Aloye and either Kepi or Paseca start the game. I sort of think I'd lean towards starting with Kepi over Paseca. I think I'd bring him off the pine. Um, They've shown a tendency to do that with Paseca as well. A, a bit of a, I suppose, in a soft Solomon role at Melbourne where just the big body coming on after 20 minutes and the wrecking ball. But you just don't get it enough out of Paseca. No. Which is the worry, so I, I don't know. I, Do you think it matters to Kepi's minutes much whether he starts or benches, or will it be around the 35 to 40 regardless? Oh, I think it'll be... I, I think one of them will get about 10 minutes more than the other. That would the be starter. my prediction. Yeah, I think the starter will get about 10 more minutes. So ideally, I want him to land there. If Kepi plays 30 minutes coming off the bench, I don't... I mean, it's far from ideal, don't get me wrong. I would rather more, but I think I can deal with that. Um, but yeah, Kepi, I think he's got a bit of upside, and I think if it... You know, if it works out at Manly and, you know, if they happen to have a pre-season injury or an early injury in the forward somewhere, I, I think all of a sudden he becomes very valuable. Because mm. like, you have a look at their side at the moment. you you got those three. You've got Aloye, either Kepi or Paseca, then the other one will be on the bench. Um, mate, the only other front rower they've got that's played first grade at the Cub is uh, um, Sipley, essentially. Gee, they're light, aren't they? are very light, yeah. And then your your other bench spot will be taken up by a Burbo, a Bullimore, one of these guys. So Marty Tapao's obviously left. So uh, I just think Kepi, there is a bit of upside there. But I, 
this is the one position that every single of the four players could change for round one, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. Is Tapao landed anywhere yet? Parramatta reportedly, that's what I've heard, is going to land over the next few days or the next few weeks. Be a handy pickup. Yeah, if, if you get the best out of him, yeah. But I mean, like at the very least, it, 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 like, it, like twenty-five minutes off the yeah. bench. It, like, it, it wouldn't if, have to be a big minute. If role. Marty Tapao is your third choice, fourth choice front row, mm. which he would be at Parramatta. It's pretty handy. Could do some damage off the pine. Yeah, for sure. Mate, moving on to your hookers. Uh, and here's an interesting one that has obviously come to light in recent days with the, the reported makeup of the Titans' spine that it's believed to be running out as Tarnaboyd at seven alongside mm. Kieran Foran. Um, and then at fullback, AJ Brimson. So Tarnaboyd, dual halfback hooker, 384k. You've got him, him alongside the cheese. Yeah, I've got Tanner Boyd at the moment. Didn't have him a few days ago. I've been very keen on Jaden Braley last few weeks. But KP getting injured, it as crazy as it sounds, like it shouldn't have a huge impact on Braley, but I think it will because you've got Braley, Adam Elliott, Jackson Hastings, uh, Kalen Ponga, and then you've got Miller at fullback, assuming that signing comes through. None of these guys have played football together. KP being the star and all that and missing the next few weeks of their preseason, he'll probably be there round one from what I've gathered, but missing that, those key, well, like you know how important combinations are in your preseason, that worries me a little bit. I still think there's a lot of value in Jaden Braley and people will, will laugh at that and that's fine. I, I think Braley's a horrible buy. So on that note, I'm going to try and swing him back to you. <laughs> with Ponga out, yep. like with Ponga there... He's just going to dish, dish, dish with no Ponga. Yes, yeah, I, 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 I don't think he will. I think that's easy to assume. But I think Jaden Braley's got a lot more upside than what you're giving him credit for. And that's I think, what I mean. I think he will run more without... Well, okay, potentially, yeah. But I, I just don't think Newcastle will be the same side without KP. I worry about where their points come from. Jaden Braley, please. We'll see. So, Tanner Boyd. Yeah, I'm le- ever since that news a few days ago, I'm leaning towards that. Um, you took the piss out of me before, but I have <laughs> got Fafita as well. Uh, I'm happy to run with that combination at the price Tanner Boyd's at. If he was at 500k, I wouldn't be doing it. But at the price he's at and the way that he finished last season as well, despite it being um, you know, not the greatest opposition, he, scored, he played halfback. Against Melbourne, didn't do too well there, to be, to, to be fair. Scored 35 points in Melbourne. Still as a halfback that for the Titans against Melbourne, it's, it's not a train wreck. Um, after that, played Manly, 79. Played St. George, 51. Played Newcastle, 59. And finished with the Warriors, 77. Uh, came up with a lot of attacking stats in those games. Big finish. Big finish. Uh, but look, as I said on Bloke and a Bar the other day, Manly were in free fall. Dragons were in all sorts of curry. Newcastle and Newcastle and the Warriors playing their last game before this nightmare fucking finishes. So I, I don't know how much... I'm not expecting those sort of points, but I think I can get a 50-point average out of Tanner Boyd playing halfback with Fafita outside him, hopefully u- utilising him like he has throughout his entire life. And structurally where our sides differ as it stands is that with you going Boyd there over Harry Grant, it saves you at 400k... It's allowed you the other strike centre. So you've bolstered your centres. Mm. I've gone for Harry Grant, essentially. Essentially, yeah, to start. And yep. and for that to be worthwhile to start the season, off the top of my head, you know, if, if Harry Grant can average 70 and Boyd can do that 50, well, then you come out a winner. But it has to happen. But, yeah, like I'd, a goal-kicking halfback, Titans, pretty good draw to start the year. 
job yeah, security it, is going it, to be it, an issue. It, it's also the money that I'll make off the back of Tanner Boyd as well. Exactly. That I yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which so, will, yeah, which will, you know, sort of balance out the 300K you'll lose in Isaac Tungo. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, you're going to be apologising very quickly to me, my friend. <laughs> I cannot fucking wait. I haven't done it before. I'm not going to start now, mate. Brandon um, Smith, uh, we spoke about him yesterday. I, I just, I can't take a risk of not having him at 478K. I just, I just think he's worth having there. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my side, mate. It's, uh, I've seen worse. Yeah. I'm not a cookie cutter like yourself though, you know. I like, to, I like to go a little bit rogue and make my way up there. One thing I've learned about Supercoach over the years... No is bite it, there? Is nothing? Is it, no, oh. no. <laughs> nothing at all. One thing Just I've learned, a bit, bit of wisdom I'll pass on to you, mate. Beat the shit out of the steering wheel later, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, It's a long year, so I'm sort of just trying to hold it in and, and not, not blow up too early. But uh, it's that... There's nothing wrong with cookie cutter. It's When I pick my team, I, I sort of go a lot off the back of, of my own sort of thoughts and, and processes. I'll take a little bit of advice on board, but... Mm. You don't need to go, I know it's fun, but you don't need to go for pods and left field routes and outside the box to win Supercoach. People think you do. They're like, oh, you need to jag this pod or this pod and mm. just nail them at the right time. You don't. Like, it's a, it's a complete myth. Um, it doesn't mean you can't, but and, and it doesn't mean going the plain Jane route and going the popular options, it's a bit boring. Pods like, are you're fun. speaking like a guy that's won Supercoach. Well... Sorry. If you're not first, you're last, I've got to tell you. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't need... Uh, you can go the plain Jane route and you can come second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm over this shit, mate. You take your lane. Now, t- 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 tell me this, though. You're, you're, you're the expert here. I've got 460K still sitting in my bank. What would you, If I handed my team to you right now, what would you do to it? suppose first things first, um, under the microscope here, but... And again, there's no right or wrong amount, but you want to be going in, or I often try to go into round one with anywhere from probably 80 to 200K in my bank because we know it's the most important trade period of the season's round after round one and two before those price changes occur. So you need a bit of flexibility to make these moves. Mm. Anything more than 200K and you're like, that's money you need to be spending across your squad. You're starting behind the eight ball, I think. Um, if I'm looking at your, your squad there, you know, maybe you could get it. As I said, I'm happy not to spend up on front rowers, so I think your front row is fine. Probably a back rower, to be honest. And if all the players you've got there and all the cheapies look good and they're all starting or look like they play good minutes, they'll be hard to ignore. If all those back rowers do get the decent minutes we're anticipating, maybe you can plug in a fourth good centre wing and avoid that risk there. So, mate, there, there's a few different avenues you can do it, but... I, I'm, I'm like, I think I'll spend 200 of that 400k I've got on Ruben Cotter. I think you've convinced mm. me there, and I, I think it'd be good for me to have a more um, consistent score in there as well. Like you could turn, you could nearly use. I know it's a big chunk of that, but you can change. It, I think 400k of that and turn Kepi, Moali, Pele, one of them blokes into Cotter. Yeah, and all of a sudden you've got Saifidi and Cotter starting front row, which looks pretty rock solid. Yeah. I'm, I'm, as I said, the Saifidi one, I like him, but I'm not completely sorry. He has stung me. Oh, there's been a few Saifidis that have stung me in the past. More than one, obviously. Um, but, yeah, so... And, and the way you look at it, you're all right, Kepi Moali Pele, they might make, if they do a really good job, they might make 200K expectation. Maybe they make 100K, which is about borderline for a cheap where you're like, all right, it's a pass mark, 100K 
um, increase. I'm anticipating Ruben Cotter does that as well. So you're still making the money. Yeah. And if Cotter does come out and hit the expectations that sort of I'm definitely giving him, well, people are going to have to trade to get him in. You've made the 100K. It offsets it. Yeah, fair. Yeah, so, mate, uh, that's where I'm sitting at the moment. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad? Speaking of pass marks, I'll what, give you... What would you give me out of 10? What's satisfactory? Five, I suppose? Yeah, I think a five. Five out of 10. Five out of 10. Yeah, right. Fuck. Oh, I'm feeling confident. Nah, it's all right. I, I like what I, 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 I know what we said about pods and everything, but I, I do like to go a little bit different. It's how I play Supercoach. It's way funner. It's heaps funner. Yeah. It's heaps fucking funner. Um, and yeah, I just think yeah, it'll be interesting to see Penrith got this by round three. That's the other thing. Got to, I got Isaac Tungo. If it isn't working for me, I can downgrade them to one of the cheapies that I don't have. For round three as well. Exactly. So I don't mind that I have got that safety blanket as well. And, and, and that's the beauty of the early season super coach. I'm going Harry Grant. If he comes out and goes 50 50 and Boyd goes 70 70, I'll cash him in before that price, yep. price drop and make 400K. Yeah. All right. All right, mate. Have Back I, to you. Uh, have, I, have I got out alive? Yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. I'm done with you. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us once again on Beers and Break Evens. Uh, if you want to reach out to the team at Blue Wealth Property, make sure you do. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere you can find Tony and the team. Make sure February 1st to got a 50-hour, uh, 50% sale for some bloke in a bar gear that is unreal. You're not going to want to miss it. And then next week, mate, we will be back on Wednesday and Thursday. We'll have two episodes. We'll be diving into... Two positions each day. It's taking a deep dive, so I'm expecting those to be pretty lengthy episodes. Yeah. Uh, really keen for those. So we'll let you know during the week what positions we're doing, uh, but we'll be back next Wednesday and Thursday for Beers and Break Evens. Cheers, Legends.